am delighted uh, to welcome our guest, Kevin Donaghy. Is it Donaghy? Yeah, yep, yep, Donaghy. Donaghy, Donaghy, Donaghy. Okay. yeah, um, it doesn't really matter. So, first of all, let's put some context around this meeting before we get into the detail and who you are. I had to, we've known each other 15 years A long time, yes. A, lo- a long, a long time. time, and, you know, for, for the listeners and the viewers, that's in the world of IT. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to say that we had pretty open access to each other. You know, I could call you, you know, you could send me an email, all that sort of stuff throughout those 15 years. And something's, something's happened where I now have to go through agents and book appointments several <laughs> months in advance. Um, so I'm delighted to have grabbed you. I know your time's, you know, precious. Um, so sincere appreciation for that. Um, but if you could now introduce yourself and give everyone a bit of a background, that'd be great. Yes, of course. Thank you very much, Paul. And uh, I'm very privileged to be here. Um, I think the work that you're doing with uh, with you is is amazing. And, you know, I've, I've certainly followed and, and supported where I can. So, yeah, my background, um, I was quite happily living life and working in the world of IT and enjoying family time and, and leisure time. And in early 2018, I had um, a cyst removed from my forearm which turned out to be stage two melanoma, skin cancer. And melanoma is uh, perhaps the most dangerous type of skin cancer. Um, for my whole life, being redheaded and freckled, I'd avoided the sun, um, hidden in corners, lots of factor 50, but somehow I managed to get melanoma. So um, thankfully, the uh, Western General Hospital, they removed the tumour and they took a lymph node and told me that everything was fine, the cancer hadn't spread and I could carry on with life, which we certainly did. Uh, it was a great relief, obviously, to myself and my family and friends. Then 18 months later, due to a pain in my back, I ended up getting an x-ray and was then referred for a CT scan. And on Friday the 13th of December 2019, I met an oncologist who told me that I had stage 4 metastatic melanoma, which had spread to my spine and my lung. And it was life-limiting and it was classed as incurable. So life changed, absolutely changed. Um, I had to explain that to my wife and my family and, and work and <clears throat> and my friends. And um, I was then advised that um, I would go on treatment for the melanoma. It's a new form of treatment known as immunotherapy. Okay. It's a game changer in the world of cancer. And it was specifically developed by an amazing man called Dr. Jim Allison um, to try and target melanoma. So there was a there was a slight chance that the treatment would work. And so in early 2020, I um, started the treatment at the end of January, and we had so many plans uh, between myself, Sophie, uh, my kids and my family to go and see people, spend time because we didn't know if the treatment would work. So we had a whole itinerary of trips and holidays planned in early 2020, and then COVID hit, and we then had to isolate, and I didn't know what COVID would do to me on the cancer treatment that, that I was on. So I was classed as uh, someone that had to shield. And so we didn't leave the house for months. And I didn't know whether I was um, going to see another Christmas um, at that stage because we didn't know if the treatment was working. So at that point, my mental health um, took a complete nosedive. Yeah. I'd try to be your typical man, to be strong for the family, mm-hmm. to present a, a front of being very positive. 
but my mental health was absolutely uh, on the floor and I realized I had to do something about it. And so I looked and found a number of support groups, um, mental health support group um, called Andy's Man Club, mm -hmm. um, who are spread throughout the UK yep. where men get together and talk about their mental health. I joined their online um, forums and I also joined a melanoma um, online forum as well where I met other people who were going through the same as me. And that was my light bulb moment. At that point, I didn't feel alone anymore. And that's the, we'll come on to the book in a little while, yeah. but I think that's the overriding core message of the book is that you are not alone, right? Absolutely. Um, so we, we had a chat beforehand about kind of delving into the detail here. And thank you very much for sharing all of that. I, and I'm sure many people you speak to, are aware in our day-to-day -day lives that things can happen that effectively take the legs out of us. Um, but we, we all kind of just continue, because that hasn't happened, mm -hmm. doing the things we've always done. Um, so obviously it's a, a difficult topic to talk about this and probably more so for for me as mm. the as the guy that's asking the questions yeah. versus yourself um but if you could just kind of touch on what it's like to actually you know how you suddenly go from this course of life which you've always been on mm -hmm. you know for, yeah. a, for a significant period of decades yes and all of a sudden you have to kind of reset for reasons out out with your control and and suddenly you know there's a different path right that's that must be incredibly difficult and the time that it takes to absorb that reflect on it digest it mm -hmm. and then to actually accept it just i mean just touch on that if you could yeah certainly the best description i ever heard of someone who'd had a cancer diagnosis was um it's it's a wrecking ball you don't know which way it's going to swing and what it's going to hit. And when I was first diagnosed, you go into a state of shock. Right. Um, you've been told that, you know, you may not have long to live. Yeah. Um, but there is potentially hope. There is hope in in treatment. Yeah. And, and you go through perhaps a living grief, grief as well. You know, you're in shock. You're angry. Yeah. You know, you're looking for, for answers. You know, that your emotions are, are all over the place. And... For, for those people that have been through a life-changing di diagnosis, mm -hmm. and cancer is just one, mm -hmm. um, meeting people who've had that lived experience, um, they can relate to the emotions right. that you're going through. And with, within the book, I talk about the fact that, you know, I can talk to my wife and my mother and my sisters, you know, and they can explain childbirth to me. Yes. But I've never been through that. That's a great I'll analogy. never go through that. Yep. So you know, I've got no idea. That's their lived experience. Being diagnosed with stage four cancer is my lived experience. And and you have to put your faith and trust in the medical community. Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly fortunate that um, the NHS, um, you know, obviously are fantastic at looking after people that have been diagnosed with cancer. And I had to put complete faith in my oncologist that walked the path that he put me on was the best option for me. Yeah. And so... And, but then was, the NHS is fantastic at looking at the physical um, elements of cancer when it comes to the emotional um, elements, because, 
cancer doesn't come alone and cancer treatment doesn't come alone. The, the mental impact is, is immense. I've never felt anything like that. And I know other people have not felt anything like that. And would it be fair to say that actually, you know, the physical attributes of the, of, of the illness are actually not as far-reaching or impactful as the mental impact of the illness. Is that fair in, in, in it, terms it really of the moment? It, it really is because I'm not in control of the treatment. Mm -hmm. That's down to the oncologists. It's down to the fantastic um, oncology nurses, the nurses in the uh, the local cancer centre yep. that I went to. I, I go in, I get my treatment, I go home. But you are left with the mental impact it has on you and your family, mm -hmm. from my wife, my kids, my mum, yep. my, my sisters. Yep. And, and you, in essence, perhaps have to become the carrier of hope on behalf of them. So by being positive, by you know trying to fill your life with other things other than cancer treatment, um, people do look to you to perhaps be positive. And yep. that, that can put a strain on. And, and, you know, I guess the objective there is to make sure everyone doesn't get dragged down into into the mire, if you like, uh, those you love, especially. Right. You, you know, it, it's symbiotic in terms of the relationship. You know, you're all looking to help each other there. Right. You, you are. And you want to protect yeah, th those people course, that you love. Course, and they yeah. want to protect you as well. Absolutely. Good. OK, um, so let's let's come on to the book then. So you are now a recognized self-published author which is why i've not been able to tie you down for the last several months right true that and your your international escapades yes, uh, yes. i wonder whether you're working for the secret service now i don't know <laughs> you, you've been in so many countries um but where did where did the idea come from and you know explain to us the why what what was the what was the energy sure. behind this and what 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 are you hoping to achieve? Sure. Well, as I said, um, you know, when you first diagnosed with cancer, um, you've, I felt alone. I felt mm -hmm. as if I was the only person in the world that had been diagnosed with uh, with stage four melanoma. And on my journey to try and provide some balance to, to the impact on my mental health, I started to meet other people that had been diagnosed with cancer. Now, whether you're diagnosed with stage one, two, three, or four, mm -hmm. you're diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And, you know, it has has an impact. So I started to meet through a couple of cancer charities, people who'd had this, a similar lived experience. Yeah. And we shared. And we, there was a lot of comfort from sharing your story and hear, hearing other people's story. And I thought, I know I'm not the only person in this situation. So perhaps if I could gather stories from other people that had been through an experience um, and also stories, um, unfortunately, about people who are no longer with us because the reality of cancer is not everyone survives. Yep. Survival rates are increasing, but yep. unfortunately, so are cancer uh, diagnosis. Yep. So I, I got chatting to a number of people in my melanoma community and I gathered some stories and it, it sort of grew from there. And I wanted to collect stories on as many different types of cancer okay. as possible. Uh, so it's not just not about just melanoma. melanoma. No, okay. Okay. within the book, which is called Stories of Cancer and Hope, yep. there's at least 13 different types of cancer. And even if you have something like melanoma, mm -hmm. there are different types of melanoma ah. and there's different treatment okay. that you can have. Okay. So the whole idea was to gather these stories and through self-publishing with the help of friends and family yep. and sponsors who've been amazing, um, we've gathered 39 stories of cancer and hope. And the main theme for the book, if anyone reads it, 
um, affected by cancer and people affected by cancer are not just those that are diagnosed with it. Uh, your your husband, your wife, your children, your your parents, sisters, brothers, work colleagues, friends. It affects everybody, cancer, mm-hmm. um, once you receive a diagnosis. But the whole theme when you read the book is that you're not alone. There are other people that have felt the same, mm-hmm. that have expressed perhaps um, desire, hope, um, emotions that you might be able to relate to. Yep. Um, and that, that was why I wanted to publish this book and try and get it into as many people's hands that are affected by cancer. Fantastic. I, 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 you know, I'm humbled by it in, in a way. And I, I wonder whether you've been able to step back and I'll, and I'll explain that. So um, I, I recently completed an ultra and I, I put that on some social media platforms, which is a big, you know, achievement for me and something I'd been building up to. But I think it was yourself, Kevin, that had, had put a note next to it saying uh, or, or reflecting on going through adversity. And I went through kind of business adversity, mm-hmm. as we know, uh, but going through adversity in general makes us appreciate the simple things in life. Yeah. So I, I wonder why I'm asking the question around the book is clearly around cancer mm-hmm. um it's absolutely phenomenal you've got 39 different stories in there yes. 39 people's experience of the diagnosis and 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 i assume a whole raft of coping mechanisms and impact that that had in their individual lives mm-hmm. um but when i talk about stepping back is this also a book about reflecting on life and perhaps looking at it in a more appreciative way or trying to 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 kind of give that lesson to everyone and have have you thought about it in those terms um, i i have um the, the unfortunate statistics these days is that um 50% of us will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in time, fifty percent, and and that's growing, unfortunately, for a number of reasons. Um, this book is universal; anyone can read it, mm-hmm. whether you've had cancer yep. or there's someone that you know has cancer. Yep. And you know, someone did ask me, "Is this perhaps a manual to prepare you for for cancer, um, or for someone that you love having cancer?" Potentially, and right. and I I never thought that thought of the book in that way, but but potentially and. Yes, there are coping mechanisms within it, but there's also humor um, within it. People explaining circumstances yep. and situations. Yep. And, and for a lot of people, sometimes sharing um, thoughts and feelings that they've never actually shared with anyone else. I was very privileged because for half of the stories, um, we had a chat over Zoom um, and I would um, just have a chat with the people um, that shared the stories. I'd write the stories up and send them to to them for approval. Yeah. But um, I felt that they could trust me because mm-hmm. I had been through that experience myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a journalist just trying to get a story. Um, we could share thoughts and feelings that we'd, uh, we'd both actually um, uh, been through and experienced. C- cathartic on both sides uh, maybe ab- as well? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, I, I got so much out of chatting to people um, because I realized that they'd been through something similar to me Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Um, And it was very emotional. There's a number of times we'd have to stop recordings um, because the emotions got got the better of us. Um, But 
yes, it's you know, reflecting on the book, um, based on the feedback that I've had from people I've read it, um, I'm incredibly proud um, that the other storytellers felt that they could trust me with their story. To tell it authentically, it. right? Yes. Okay, so initially we've got 1,500 copies of the book in circulation. Yes. And your hope and your determination is to get this out to as many cancer charities and support efforts as possible. And to be absolutely clear, you want to do that completely free of charge because you want to empower people to grab hold of the stories and to realise that they're not alone, right? Absolutely. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, one of the contributors in the book, uh, an amazing man called Ricky Nickel, who I knew through the world of business. Mm -hmm. I had a chat with Ricky. I told him what the project um, was about. He agreed to share his story. And then he called me a few days later and said, Kevin, how much money do you need to print 1,500 copies? I told him, and within 24 hours, the company that Ricky had set up, Commsworld, said that they would pay for it. So that enabled us to yeah. send out 1,500 copies yep. to a number of cancer charities. Yep. Uh, if anyone was to walk into a Maggie Centre, yep. there are 24 within the UK, they'll see that book currently on the shelf. Brilliant. Um, and there's various other cancer charities. The Beatson has some. Uh, my hospital down in Melrose has some, the Borders General, and there are other cancer charities throughout the UK that have some. So having run out of the initial first run, um, again, due to sponsorship from a number of companies that I've known in my in my time in the world of IT, um, we currently have 5,000 copies which are being printed. An another 5,000. Another 5,000, which will be given free of charge to cancer charities and cancer treatment centres uh, predominantly in the UK. That's amazing. So, so uh, wow, right? But cle clearly, this is a this is a a, a global issue, it a is. global challenge. It affects everyone. It doesn't discriminate. Yes. Um, have you thought about kind of crossing borders with this? I, I have, and I regularly get requests from people outside the UK. Um, who who would like to read it? And we're working on an ebook. Oh, brilliant! Um, brilliant. And we're hopefully going to be working with a, a well-known charity to try and make that ebook available on the major platforms. And all the funds from the sales um, will go to a will go to a cancer charity. Um, there, there's there's no intention at all for me to make any money out of this. Yeah. I want to give it away and want the money to go to charity. And you're absolutely right. You know, three hundred fifty thousand people at least in the UK are diagnosed with cancer. You multiply that across the world. There are millions of people diagnosed with mm -hmm. cancer and millions of people living with cancer. And, you know, 5,000 copies sounds like a lot, but we're scratching the surface here. So the ask is for any listeners who have connections, who feel like this is something they want to get behind and make an impact, the ask is please get in touch, right? And we can we can share your contact details when we release the the podcast. Ab absolutely, um, I'm quite privileged. Out of the five thousand that we're printing, two and a half thousand are already allocated to cancer yeah. charities and treatment centres. And as I mentioned, you know, there's a there's a number of different um, types of cancer that are covered in this book. Um, and yes, the ask is, you know, if you if you would like to have copies of the book. To give away to people um, that you work with in your charity, if you're hosting an, an event, there's a number of events coming up in Scotland where I'm taking the books to the events Brilliant. and giving them out. So um, please uh, get in touch and I'll happily send you copies 
And then I'm hoping once those 5,000 run out, we go I can attract some more sponsorship. Yep. And we perhaps publish 10,000, 15,000. Yeah. Because, you know, cancer diagnoses are not stopping. Have, have you thought about a roadshow? <laughs> have you thought about taking the message out there and talking about the book? So or, or, almost two birds with one stone scenario where you're raising awareness and the profile because I just think it's phenomenal. I'll probably say that 18 times during the podcast, but I think it's a phenomenal thing to do. And, and it's just about raising awareness because it's not just raising awareness of the impact and it's a hugely positive impact. It's raising awareness because I'm sure that people will want to contribute in some way to this, right? That, that, that it's a good thing to do. Yeah, it is. Well, funny you should mention that. Um, just today, I've been invited to um, uh, to a cancer event in Glasgow at the mm. end of November, mm -hmm. and we will be giving uh, the books away to various charities, people involved in the oncology world. Um, so, uh, yes, it's a fine balance just now between uh, between working uh, pro working on the book as well, promoting that, and spending time with uh, family and friends. I have to try and get a, a good balance with that, Paul. Understand, and I, I I love the look, by the way, because you know I'm very unbalanced in that regard. Uh, so I love the look. Uh, so let's let's touch on the difference then, the the that pivot on on the kind of the old Kevin life versus the new Kevin life, yeah. and how has that manifested itself? How has it changed it? Because it, it it from the outside looking in, actually, it's been largely positive. Um, so I'd, lo I'd, I'd love to, you know, talk about that and how it's impacted. Yeah, certainly. Well, um, once the cancer was under control and the other um, health issues which I had, because cancer treatment does bring a few other um, health issues with it, right. my wife and I decided that, you know, we were, we were going to change our lives. Um, my wife had a very successful um, gift shop in the town that we live in. We decided to sell that. Mm -hmm. um, I was returning to work, but I decided I didn't want to work five days a week. And I've managed to uh, pick up work. Where, you you which didn't want to work five days a week. I didn't, I didn't I don't, want to work five days that. a week. <laughs> 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 no, uh, no, not not at all. So um, we, we have rebalanced our, our life and it's very strange looking back you know the situation that we're in now thankfully you know things are under control for me uh, we're in a better place um, physically yeah and mentally great and we we're now living perhaps a, a more fulfilled life and the strange thing is that probably wouldn't have happened without cancer um so cancer has actually had a positive impact on our lives and, and, and this is, you know, this is a really pertinent point because then you, you get into thoughts, certainly in reflections around quality versus quantity or longevity of life. And, you know, there are many, you know, it's often talked about because let, let's face it, diagnosis or not, we all we all perish. Right. We, we yep. all go every we, single we one have of a us. sell by date. Yeah, we have a sell by date and we, we don't know when that's going to be. And it, and, it, and it could be cancer. It could be something else. But we all disappear. Um, and often there's not I, th I think too, too much of society doesn't act until there's a catalyst moment. Right. True. And and you hear stories time and time again where people reach that end for whatever reason and they look back and they 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 regret a lot of things, right? Um, so, on your point around 
fulfillment of life mm-hmm. and the the fact that that wouldn't have happened yes without that diagnosis it's it's really quite uh it's an incredible statement to make isn't it it it, it is and i remember years ago in in the early days of, of working i had a fantastic boss i think we we all have an amazing boss at some point in our in our lives and he said to me he says kevin i'll guarantee you you know when you know your time has come mm-hmm. and you're lying on your on your deathbed, mm-hmm. you'll never say, "I wish I'd spent more time at work." Exactly. And you know, and you know, we, we can't buy time. No. We know that. So um, yes, there are usually those catalytic moments in your life that makes you, you know, perhaps rebalance, reassess. Um, and I was one of those people. I was quite happily, you know, floating along, enjoying life. You absolutely life. were, and, just like me. And, yes, and, yeah. Until this this happened, but. Um, the simple, simple things in life can give you the most pleasure. For me, walking on a beach with my wife, walking up the side of a hill, um, and just, just sitting and, and taking things and taking that moment, yep. that gives me immense pleasure. Chatting to other people that have been through something similar and the amazing cancer charities and support groups out there that are giving help and assistance to people, mm-hmm. that gives me immense pleasure. There's nothing I enjoy more than meeting and chatting to people and they tell me their story, I tell them my story. And if I can potentially thrust a copy of the book in their hands, um, which they can read. And we actually, I specifically wanted the book to be hardback because I want people when they've read it, when they've read it, to pass it on. Pass it on, that's And it's more durable. And as I say, this is self-published. My son, my sister, a good friend of mine helped with the editing. An amazing friend, Derek Watson, pulled everything together for the publication. My nieces and nephews and a friend of my son did all the proofreading. And my daughter, um, who's studying illustration, uh, came up with the uh, the book cover. I love the and, book cover. And the, the illustration. It was, the it was her idea. Yeah. So, And everybody gave their time in order to help other people. Real team nope. effort, right? Nobody's been paid, apart from the publisher, uh, to actually get this book out. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so... On the balance, then, yeah, are you are you in a position now where you're comfortable that you're in control of all of that, or do you still have moments where you go, "Oh, I'm slipping back into old habits"? I mean, how yeah. how is it for you now? Are you are you are you strong in terms of being right behind that new balance? Um, I am, um, and my wife does a fantastic job to, <laughs> to make sure that I am. Um, you know, I I could spend. Um, hours and hours, um, yeah. you know, on on the book and and similar projects, which give, gives me uh, an immense satisfaction. Um, but yeah, I I think I have a, a good balance. But as we know, life will throw things at you. Absolutely. Uh, my my cancer is currently under control. I'll always have it. I'm conscious that every six months when I go for the scan and the scan anxiety kicks in, that the oncologist might tell me something I don't want to hear. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think I I think I have a good balance. But there's always things that uh, that pop up uh, in your life, uh, positive and negative. And for me, um, having that amazing team of people supporting me uh, through what I've been through, I, I know there's people I can I can call and and just chat to and, and share things with. In terms of the future, yes, and clearly acknowledging that there's this. I uh, love the term scanxiety um mm-hmm. that's you know that must be you know again not not 
you can't make light of that because that must be a really challenging time that's in cycles, right? And and I can't, is, yeah. you know, I can't imagine. But so far, so good, right? Yep. So far, so good. Um, but in terms of what the future looks like, have you got have you got you know goals, bucket lists, tick lists, you mm. know, ambition? You know, what 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 does it look like, or is it actually kind of you know the one day at a time scenario? Yeah, of course. Yeah, good question. Um, we certainly made the decision um, when everything was under control that we wanted to do things. So Sophie and I will, you know, we'll head off. We'll have holidays. We'll go and visit friends and family. Um, every month we're doing something. We've got something planned. We usually plan it in advance. We've just come back from the holiday of a lifetime in Canada, and the decision was, you know, wasn't wasn't a bucket list. It was more of a a fuck it list. Um, <laughs> love it, where, love it. Where we said, we're going to do everything, yeah, that's and, and we did. Brilliant. We had yeah. an amazing time, um, and certainly in the back of your mind, you're always wanting to make memories. You're always wanting to make the best of everything, and you want to make memories for other people. Mm -hmm. So friends, family, you know, doing stuff with uh, with our kids. Um, so yes, that there are things that we want to do. Um, but at the heart of it, it's it's about doing things which we all want to do and have have a quality to them. And it could be just as simple as going on a walk with exactly, a, with a friend. Exactly. I, I'm already talking to a friend who shares his story in this book. And we both like walking, and we're looking to go over to Europe and do part of uh, the Camino um, walk, which is a, usually a three week walk, but we're going to try and just do a few days. Wow. Because it's something we want to do. So, where does that go the, from? In um, it goes from the Pyrenees um, to San Sebastian. Oh, in, wow. Uh, Can imagine Spain. the scenery there. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, we're, we're not going to do all, all three okay. weeks. So, there are always plans to, to do something, but it, I'm always very conscious it's things that, you know, other people get enjoyment from. As, as well yeah. not not just me it's, it's very inclusive plans that we have for the future and 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 you're right to touch upon what you touched upon earlier which was the the most certainly my own experience the most satisfaction and fulfillment you can get are from the simplest of things it really is and and people like you said earlier as well people can tell you that until they're blue in the face but you have to understand it. You have to mm -hmm. actually feel it before you realize it and yes. therefore can take any action. Yeah. Um, so in terms of advice, people are going to get an awful lot of useful information. I think they're going to get hope, which is on the on the front cover, um, motivation, help from this book. But from your own experience, yeah. are there things that stand out for you uh, along that journey that you'd you'd offer and prefer advice to anyone that that is wh whether that's the person diagnosed yes. or, or or their external relationships? Uh, absolutely, um, and this is based on my experience of trying to do this myself. Don't do it alone. Right. There are so many amazing groups and individuals, um, even just through social media. Um, you can find support groups and people that perhaps are going through something similar, have gone through something similar. Yeah. Um, a a life-changing diagnosis like cancer is a very heavy burden um, to take. So don't try and do it on your own, whether you're the person diagnosed with cancer or you're supporting someone diagnosed with cancer, there are other people out there. And you'd be amazed at the level of support and love that you'll find if you try not to take this on on your own. 
is it is it obvious where to go to reach out for that help do you think because again pre-diagnosis you're not going to be thinking about that so you don't know the mechanisms and the structures and the and the community that exists to help yeah. so how easy is it to find your way through that um when certainly within in my experience um, when you're diagnosed with uh, with cancer you're given information right um, it okay. takes a while for that to sink in because you're in shock first of all yeah and um, so you know and you know if you're going to see an oncologist don't do what i did and go on your own take someone with you because right, okay. they'll be able perhaps to ask questions that your mind is not focused on yeah and there are fantastic umbrella organizations okay. that support um, mcmillan's um, a great organization maggie's i've been into the maggie center in edinburgh an amazing space filled with wonderful wonderful people that will help so there are amazing umbrella organizations but then there are other um, charities set up to help you specifically deal with the type of cancer um that Spe you have specifically specifically so and um, there are so many different types of cancer but again they can be found um online and they're there to to help you and your your family and your friends but the main advice is don't try and carry this burden on your own and it and it sounds like there is an amazing ecosystem of support around around the the person and 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 the families and friends yes uh, there is. which is great okay let's finish on the book um so five thousand copies two and a half thousand are already spoken for yeah. so we've got two and a half thousand left we the do. big ask uh, for the audience is any charities, any support around cancer that could benefit from a free copy of this book, please reach out. We'll put the contact details at the bottom of every post we do, and that will be your contact details directly? It, it certainly will be. I'll share my uh, my email address and my social media accounts. Um, the plan is that once the uh, um, they're boxed up and ready to go, that we're sending out boxes of books, which contain 18 books. Unfortunately, I don't have the ability to send out books individually. Okay. Um, but if you are a cancer um, support group, a cancer charity, if you have people coming in to your treatment center, mm -hmm. please get in touch and I will happily send out um, boxes of books so you can share them with people or give them to people. And the main theme, as I said, is you're not alone. I thought that was the last question. I'm going to ask one more question. Do you think there's a, a, second, a second book on the horizon, do you think that the impact of this and what it's given to people is spurring you on and motivating you to perhaps look at a different set of stories? That, that's a very good question. It, um, I'm not no pressure, by no, the way. No, no, I, I have an answer. <laughs> Don't worry, I have an. Yes, I, I've thought about um, what's next. Certainly within the world of cancer, there are so many ideas kicking around in my brain, but I have to check with Sophie first of all. I'm going to get that balance. Keep much, that balance. How much time? Yeah, I can. Uh, I can give to this. Brilliant. OK, we'll end it there. I cannot thank you enough for coming in. And for the record and all all the audience and, and, and the listeners, you are an absolute hero. Um, I think you're a huge motivation to everyone that comes across you. And I know that's going to embarrass you, but 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 really you are. And I just really can't thank you enough. I think you, you're having an amazing impact and changing people's lives. So a uh, huge credit and well done for doing it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Paul. And my thanks um, certainly goes to the sponsors, everyone, everyone involved in producing this book, my family and friends, and most importantly, to the people that trusted me to share their stories. <laughs>